Hello, I'm Chef Ian Bromstead and welcome to Regal Fair, where I'll show you how to create simple and elegant meals just like we do at some of the finest restaurants in this country. Today we're going to prepare a kabocha squash soup with herbed chev crostini. We're going to make a roasted pork tenderloin with uccelletto beans and rosemary. And then we're going to make some poached pears with a cardamom sponge cake. So right away we can go ahead and start making our sponge cake. So I'm going to take two eggs and I'm going to crack, this, crack them into this mixer. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to whisk these eggs on high, just about two or three minutes. So now that we've let our eggs whisk for a couple minutes, they're starting to get nice and frothy. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to add about four tablespoons of white sugar just until this is all incorporated. We can get this all mixed together. So now that our eggs have whipped, whipped up to a nice, nice firm peaks here, and I've gotten all of our sugar in here, we can go ahead and put the rest in. So I'm going to take my dry ingredients here. I have about three quarters of a cup of all-purpose flour. I'm going to add about two teaspoons of ground cardamom. I'm going to add a half a teaspoon of baking powder, and I'm just going to mix these together just to combine. And now that I have all of these dry ingredients combined. I'm just going to fold them into our eggs. Now that we have a nice, light, fluffy mix of eggs and sugar, we can go ahead and just gently fold all of our dry ingredients in. So I'm just going to do this in a few additions. I'm going to add like a nice, generous amount, almost half the flour in with the first batch. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to fold this first batch of flour into the whipped eggs just nice and gently, just until it's all incorporated. The idea here is that we don't want to mix the cake batter too much and knock all that air that we just whisked into the eggs out of the cake so we have a nice light fluffy sponge cake. So we can fold in another addition of our dry ingredients here. And now that this is just about in incorporated, we can go ahead and add another addition of the dry ingredients. I think we can just get the rest of this in here. And the idea with sifting the flour in is that it makes the flour a lot lighter and that way it'll make for a nice light fluffy sponge cake when we're done. So now that we have the last of the dry ingredients in, we can go ahead and we can pour this right into our molds. I have these little cake molds here. Just a little bit more here. And now that we have all of our cake batter in our molds, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to bake these in a 325 degree oven for about 15 to 20 minutes just until they're set. So now that we have our cakes cooking, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start on poaching our pears. So I'm just going to add about a cup and a half of water here to this pan. I'm going to add about, let's say, four tablespoons of white sugar here to this pan. We can add a couple cinnamon sticks. We can add a 10 cloves. 
and we can add about 10 allspice berries. So now that our poaching liquid is just about ready for our pears, we can go ahead and take these peeled and quartered pears and just get these right in here. We can just let these guys start to cook. So now we got our pears in here. We can add just a little bit more water, just enough to cover. So we can go ahead and we can let these pears cook for about 10 or 15 minutes, just until they're tender. So while we're waiting for that, we can go ahead and make a little mascarpone cream. So I have just a little bit of mascarpone cheese here. I'm gonna take uh, about a quarter of a cup. And I'm gonna season this with just a little bit of white sugar. Uh, let's say about a teaspoon and about a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Now I'm just going to stir these two ingredients to combine and this will be basically like the frosting for a sponge cake. So now that we have our mascarpone cream ready, our cakes in the oven, and our pears poaching, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna clean this up and we'll come right back and start working on our soup. Our pears are just about fully cooked here. We can see that they're just about translucent. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna pull these off. Just gonna let those finish cooking just very slowly. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start our pumpkin soup now. So I'm gonna start just a little bit of white onion and just a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. I just have a little bit of julienne Spanish onion here. I'm just gonna start to sweat this nice and slowly. Just a little bit of kosher salt. Just let this start cooking. So now that we have the base of our soup starting to sweat here, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna add just a little bit of chopped garlic to this. So just going to let all these vegetables here just sweat down nice and gently just until the onions are translucent, just a little bit longer here. So while these are cooking, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make our goat cheese filling. So I have just a little bit of goat cheese here. This is just a little bit of creamy goat cheese. And to this, I'm just going just gonna to add a little bit of salt. and pepper. And just a little bit of this extra virgin olive oil. So I'm just gonna start to work these ingredients just until we have a nice, smooth, creamy goat cheese mix. So now that all these ingredients are incorporated, I'm just gonna add just a little bit of chopped parsley. So, now we have our herb goat cheese here. So we can set this aside. So our onion and garlic is cooking along nicely. It's almost tender. So while our onions are continuing cooking, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna make some little crostinis here. So I'm gonna take this baguette and I'm just gonna make some nice little slices on the bias here. Just a couple nice little pieces here. And I'm just gonna roast these in just a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Let's pan get hot. 
And now that we can see it, our onions are starting to get translucent, they're starting to wilt down, they're starting to lose some of their texture, some of their shape, starting to become very soft. I'm going to go ahead and add some spices. So we have a little bit of ground cinnamon here, uh, about a half a teaspoon, and a little bit of ground clove, again about a half a teaspoon. We're going to let these spices just cook into the oil, let the oil take on some of that delicious spicy flavor. Let these keep cooking. And then I'm going to roast these pieces of bread right here. I'm just going to saute them gently in some olive oil. So now that our spices have toasted in the oil, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to add our kabocha squash. So I'm just going to add a good amount of squash here. I like about three times as much squash as we have of the onions. So I like the sweetness that the onion brings to the, to the soup. And I really love the flavor of the kabocha in there with all these delicious spices and the sweat onion and garlic. So now that these are cooking nice and easily, I'm going to add about two tablespoons of maple syrup and we can just stir these to combine and take a look at our little crostinis. We're starting to get a nice little golden brown here, a little bit longer. Now that we have our syrup and our spices and our pumpkin all combined in this pot, we're just going to add just enough water to cover. Now we're going to go ahead and we're going to let this pumpkin soup cook for about 10 or 15 minutes just until the squash are cooked. We can see that our crostinis becoming beautifully golden brown. So we're just going to let this soup cook for another 10 or 15 minutes just until the squash are tender. Then we'll be ready to puree. So our kabocha squash is cooked for about 30 to 40 minutes and the squash has just become tender. So I'm just going to transfer all of this right to the blender. So this can come right in here. want to be careful, all this is still quite hot. So now that we have all of our ingredients in the blender, we can just put the lid on and blend this. As our soup is blending, it's likely that it's going to become a little more thick, so should we need to add a little more water? Certainly, certainly can. So now that our squash has been completely pureed to a nice smooth consistency, we can just pass it right through this fine mesh strainer, right into this other pot. Just push it through with a rubber spatula, get it all through. Just get all this pushed down through, nice thick creamy soup. Pushing it through the uh, fine mesh strainer really makes sure that we're going to get a nice smooth creamy consistency to the finished product of the soup. Just another little bit more here. So now that we have all of our soup strained, we can go ahead and get our crostinis ready. And set this aside. Keep our soup warm here. Bring our plate over. So we can take just a little bit of this herb goat cheese that we made a little earlier and just make a nice little football with it. I like to use two spoons. Makes a nice 
consistent little shape here, a little football shape. So now that we have our crostini ready, we can go ahead and plate our soup. Gonna take a generous amount of the soup here. Nice, thick, creamy, brilliant orange soup. Sweet from the maple syrup, a little bit of the spicy notes from the cinnamon and the allspice. So now that we have our soup in, we can just go ahead and we can drop this whole crostini right in. And then I have just a little bit of pumpkin seed oil. We can just drizzle right around. I really love the color of the pumpkin seed oil. It really goes very beautifully with the color of the soup. So here we have our kabocha squash soup with herb chef crostini. We're gonna get this cleaned up and we'll be right back to make our pork tenderloin. So I have a beautiful little pork tenderloin here and I'm just gonna sear it in just a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. But first I'm gonna season it with just a little bit of salt, a little bit of kosher salt, a little bit of cracked black pepper, both sides. Really like a nice thick crust of spices on the outside of the pork. Really, really makes for a delicious tasty crust on the pork. Spices get nice and crunchy, get a nice spicy kick to it. So now that we have this, Nicely coated with the salt and pepper. We can just go ahead and sear it right here in this pan. And we can just take our seasoned pork and get it right here into this nice warm olive oil. So now that we have our pork roasting gently, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start on some, what we like to call uccelletto beans. So in this pan, I'm just gonna get a pretty generous amount of olive oil. So now that we have the olive oil in there, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start sweating a little bit of shaved raw garlic. I like to start this on low so that we get a chance to really cook the garlic and the olive oil without getting too much of a dark color on it. We wanna keep the garlic pretty blonde, but we wanna let it cook until it's nice and translucent. So we'll let those start to sweat. Our pork is roasting along nicely. We're gonna go ahead and we're just gonna get a nice sear on the outside of this. We're gonna get a nice sear on each side and then we're gonna pop it right into a hot oven. So we can see our garlic is starting to come up very nice and gently. It's just what we want. Nice, nice gentle heat on this. It's gonna give the oil a really delicious garlic flavor and then that oil is gonna season all the beans. So you can see our garlic is just starting to get nice and toasty. We can see a lot of little bubbles. It's just water boiling out of the oil. So now that we have our garlic nice and roasting, we can take just a little bit of this Calabrian chili powder. So now that we have our Calabrian chili toasting in here, the beautiful, delicious chili from Calabria in Italy. They're known for their spicy, not too, not too spicy, but almost a sweet, quality of chili. So we can go ahead and we can turn this pork, getting a nice beautiful golden brown. So now that we have our garlic and our chili cooked into the oil, I'm going to add some chopped San Marzano tomatoes. These are di fratellis, little whole tomatoes. So we're just going to go ahead and add a nice layer of these chopped tomatoes. All I did was I took these tomatoes and after they've been peeled, I just seeded them by squeezing all the seeds out and then I just chop, chop them roughly. So we have our tomatoes cooking. Now over here I have a little bit of hot extra virgin olive oil. So I'm actually just gonna fry 
a few herbs in here. So I have a little bit of rosemary. We can just go ahead and we can just drop this right into the hot oil. It's gonna bubble up a little bit, so we do wanna be careful. Our tomatoes are cooking nicely. We have this rosemary frying. Our pork is cooking along very gently. Just another few moments here. Get a nice sear on the bottom side of this pork. So this is all we need for this little rosemary sprig. Just until we start to see the bubbles subside here on this rosemary, we know it's done. All the bubbles that are coming up are just residual water that uh, is present in the rosemary. So once we start to see all the bubbles start to subside, we know that the rosemary is gonna be nice and crispy. So we can go ahead, just transfer this right to a paper towel. I'm gonna go ahead and do the same thing with a little bit of sage. We can take this whole bunch of sage and just drop it right in. And again, it's gonna bubble up a little bit. That's all the water that exists in the herbs that are just boiling out of the oil. Our tomatoes are cooking along very nicely. We can see the oil is starting to take on a beautiful red color from the tomatoes. And this is all we need on these sage leaves. We can start to see that the sage leaves are becoming translucent, so we can just pull these right out. I'm gonna go ahead and fry just a little bit more sage. Put this kit cooking down here in this oil. I really love the texture of the fried herbs and also the color is very brilliant. I really love the fried herb garnish on this. So now that we have a nice beautiful golden brown on the other side of our pork. I'm just gonna kiss it on either side. And again, these sage leaves are just about done. Just another few moments here. Now that our sage leaves are done, go ahead, get right in here. Tomatoes are looking beautiful. I'm gonna add just a little bit more extra virgin olive oil help keep the idea of frying the tomatoes in olive oil. So now that our pork is roasted on all sides, I'm just gonna pop this into a 350 degree oven for about 10 or 12 minutes, just until it's nice and firm. So now that we have our tomatoes nicely fried in our olive oil, we can just go ahead and add some of these beans. So I have these beautiful Corona beans. All I did to cook these was I soaked them overnight in, a, in a, a little bit of water. And then I just cooked them on the stove for about two or three hours, which is a little bit of sage, a little bit of garlic, just until the beans were tender. So I'm just gonna add all these beans right to all this beautiful tomato. All that garlic and chili is gonna be very present in this. The beans are gonna go very nicely in here. So, now that we have all the beans in here, we're just going to go ahead and get all these incorporated. And we're just going to want to let these beans cook in here for like another 10 or 15 minutes. Just so that the beans have a chance to take on some of the beautiful and delicious tomato and garlic flavor. We're going to get this cleaned up and we'll be right back to plate. So I've gone ahead and I've taken our pork out of the oven. It's cooked to a nice medium, nice and firm. And I've let it rest here for about four or five minutes. That's just gonna help so that when we go to slice it that the juices won't run out. So just to finish these beans, I'm just gonna put a little bit of cracked black pepper. Just a little more salt in here. Need a little more seasoning. So we can take all these beautifully delicious, creamy, 
buccioletto beans. And you just put a nice, nice even layer right across the bottom of this plate here. Nice, nice big tussle of these beautifully delicious brave beans here. So now that we have our beans in the bowl, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna slice this pork. So just nice thin slices of this beautifully delicious roasted pork loin. Really love the flavor of the pork and the beans together. Pork and beans, pretty common, pretty traditional. I really love this preparation of the garlicky, spicy, tomatoey beans. They go really well with this little, little roasted pork. So now we can take our roasted pork slices and just lay these all over top, the beans. And now that we have our pork on, I'm just gonna take some of these fried herbs I'm just going to spread these over the top. I really love the color contrast here between the bright fried green herbs and the beautiful tomatoes. So now that we have our pork completed, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to clean this up and we'll be right back to finish our poached pears with cardamom sponge cake and present the rest of our dishes. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to finish up our cardamom sponge cake. So just to finish that, I'm just going to actually dice these. I'm just going to break these down into some nice pieces. Just so we have some nice big pieces of cake just to put right on our dish. Just nice big dice. I think it's nice. Nice big cubes of cake. So now that we have our cake broken down, I'm just going to take this and I'm going to just dress this cake with a little bit of some of the syrup from the pears. I just want to drizzle just a little bit of the delicious pear syrup over the cake, let the cake absorb some of that delicious pear syrup that we have. So now that we have a little bit of syrup all over our sponge cake, I'm just going to take just a little bit of these pomegranate seeds and I'm just going to add these to this bowl here. And now to these pomegranate seeds, I'm just going to add again just a little bit of this pear syrup just to give it a little bit of that sweet, delicious pear flavor. And I'm going to also add just a little bit of grenadine. The grenadine really just gives it a nice color. Um, kind of works well with the flavor, but it's really just to kind of highlight the beauty of the pomegranate seeds and it makes for a nice, nice syrup with the pear syrup. So now that we have our ingredients ready, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to take a pretty generous amount of this mascarpone that we made before and just smear it right across the plate. Nice big thick amount out of the mascarpone and then I'm just going to lay these pieces of cake all over the mascarpone. It's basically like a deconstructed cake. We have the sponge cake, we have the frosting, we have these delicious pears here. So I'm just going to take just a few of these poached pears and just lay them all over top. It's going to be a really nice sweet delicious dessert. So now that we have all of our pears on, I'm just going to drizzle just a little bit of these pomegranate seeds around, just a little bit of the grenadine syrup. It's a really nice bright pop of color here. All the pears and the cake are a little brown, I like to give a little color. So we can just finish this dessert, which is a little bit of fresh mint leaves, 